This is the Roaring Elephant podcast. And even before starting recording, we we're well on the way to making this a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How are you doing? <laughs> you make it sound as if I'm the catalyst for the train wreck. I mean, that could actually be true, but still, it's not very am, nice to put it out there like I that. I can neither confirm nor deny. Well, I think you just did. Anyway, <laughs> welcome indeed. So this is this is a, a episode format, episode style, episode topic. There we go. That we have actually done for a few years running now. We are talking about the Stack Overflow Developer Survey. Now, for those of you that have been listening along for, I guess, less than about a year, you may think, but Dave. You, you are the self-appointed worst developer in the world. What on earth do you have to say about a developer survey? And to that, I say, nuts and, uh, but that's why we have you on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a developer anymore either. It's been a long time since. But I think you also always, always provide kind of the outside look to things, which is also interesting. Indeed. And there is more to the developer survey than just development. Because there's actually yes, sadly. I think I have an opinion on because, I mean, the developer stuff is interesting, and the rest, of, for me, becomes a bit boring. Oh, God. Really? Really? All right. Let's do this thing. Let's take a look. For the people not watching us on uh, YouTube, you're missing all the goodness I'm putting on the screen here, because we'll be scrolling through the survey. There's a lot of graphs there, of course. If you just listen to the MP3, this might be a good episode to kind of conquer that fear of uh, YouTube video and uh, maybe try and uh, watch us for once. Uh, the good thing is that since we're sharing the part of the web, uh, the web page of Stack Overflow, our pictures are smaller. So if that's scaring you, this is also a good episode. This is true. This is true. Can we, before we go into this, can we just say, like, I think this is the prettiest Stack Overflow developer survey yet? Uh, they've put work in it. Yeah, it's been a nicely built website. It's actually fluent, works well. Has some interactivity in there so yeah i mean i remember the first ones were just big pdfs <laughs> <laughs> yeah ah, good old days and of course you printed those out and then mailed them to each other over the snail mail yeah actually we we encoded them in in, in binary and sent the binary via pig, carrier pigeon don't laugh about that because i was i couldn't believe some assembler uh, graphs in the, in the survey Ooh, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's get into it. So we're going to start the developer profile section of the uh, survey. And we're just going to go scroll, scroll through this and give our give our opinion. Give yeah, and we're, we're not going to talk about every single oh, God, no. minute bit of graph or data or whatever. But we'll, you know, we'll touch on the ones that we think are the most interesting or important. So the first one was education, and uh, we did kind of a bit of, we talked a little bit before we started recording, we did, we did try to do some preparation, <laughs> as I said, train wreck in, 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 in making. Um, but for me, this looked kind of, yeah, it's what I would, uh, what I would yeah. expect to see. Most developers do have bachelor degrees these days, although in my time, when the trees were still talking, that didn't exist. So a lot of, most of uh, developers in the past were kind of self-taught or did a major in mathematics or something like that. These days with things like uh, computer science degrees and stuff like that, those are typically at the bachelor's level, if I... I remember correctly, I haven't yeah. really, although there are masters too. 
but development is more of a hands-on thing, right? And masters, in my opinion, are always more on the theoretical part of it. Hmm. So it does make sense. Yeah. Anything from your end to add? Nothing to add. Now we can look perhaps at the difference between the learning to codes if they are... I mean, if, if I'm saying it's correct, then the professional developers, which are the ones that have been doing this for a while, should be more to the top of the graph, while the learning to codes, the newbies, should be more to the bottom. And nope, not at all. That's weird. Okay, but this could just be an age thing, of course. Mm -hmm. If you're just starting to code because you're in secondary school and just coding as a hobby on a GitHub project somewhere. Yeah. I do. I guess developing has gotten a lot more cool. Because, I mean, in my day, being a developer yeah. of writing software is kind of a... Nobody understood what you were doing. Well, people still don't. But it was definitely not as mainstream as today, right? I mean, it, it's... It's not so much, I think maybe it is that developers, development has become cool. I, I don't know that it's necessarily that as much as the end result of software development has become far closer to your everyday run-of-the-mill individual. Like every car is jam-packed full of software. Every person is carrying around a finds phone and waves it in front of the camera, you know, tiny computer running software and applications. Um, yeah, but that actually makes it harder because on embedded systems, it's harder to, to, to start making something software-ish on an embedded system than on a computer. I mean, the easiest way to no. program is to open um, visual code and start typing code. No, but what I mean is that because the platforms... You know, if you want to step back a decent chunk of time, pretty much anyone's only exposure to the world was analog software was like if you actually had a computer, and most people, Did. most people's use of computers was just they ran software that they probably bought, and that was pretty much all they did with it. There was relatively little tinkering apart from hobbyists and other folks like that whereas today software is everywhere software is literally in um thermostats attached to radiators it's in it's in cars it's in things that we carry around with us it's it's literally all around us it's in the mm. devices we uh, we watch um it, it's just I wonder if it's not so much that software development has become cool, but it's become so pervasive in everyone's lives that there's a an instinctual shift towards more people understanding how much of an impact software has in our lives. And therefore, software is everywhere. Therefore, we need lots of software developers to satisfy that requirement. Therefore, it's a ever-growing, ever-developing career like it used to be it were the the folks in the basement um, of any given company or organization uh, i've certainly been there and i i think that world has has shifted i think there still are departments and divisions and organizations where it is still in the basement but i also think uh, it has become a a critical driver and it's become an industry that is amongst the the top industries in the world. Software development is 
a critical industry for any given you know, country or ecosystem success nowadays. And it's a, I've, I believe it's a, seen as uh, a career for life. So I don't know. I, that's my mm. that's my ramblings. But again, disclaimer: world's worst software developer. <laughs> and we're just saying it's not nerd to cool. It's more niche to mainframe. I uh, thought main mainstream. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, makes sense. Wow. Yeah, for once. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Yeah, let's do it. Learning to code is the next section, which is basically where people kind of have to answer where they learned the skills. So Dave, mm. where did you learn the coding skills? Uh, out of books slash university, no. I Not guess. Not on the back of your fries from McDonald's. No, no. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe on... I guess the first software development I ever did was actually was at school on a BBC Micro, and uh, I had, I've, we weren't allowed to play games on the school computers, and uh, I had a ZX Spectrum at home and was very happy to play games on that, but we weren't allowed to play games on the school computers, and I figured I would get around that by <laughs> writing my own game, and so I grabbed a code listing for a Space Invaders mm -hmm. clone, like, shoot 'em up -y thing, and, uh, and then spent day after day after day, or break time after break time after break time, uh, entering code verbatim, not really understanding what it did or what it was or anything like that, and eventually got all the code entered, attempted to run it, there were a huge number of typos and things that weren't right. I think I did eventually get it sort of running, but it was fairly... There, there were definitely bits in it that were broken. Uh, but there, that's, that's, that was my first software development. Apart from like 10, print, hello world, 20, go to 10. <laughs> that was my go-to development uh, option. TW basic, right? Mm. Looking at the survey, I'm a bit surprised that still more people learn to code outside of school than inside of school. Again, in the olden days, that was normal. But these days, we would expected that school would have been the majority here. That if, if, you, if you're right and it's mainstream and people see software development as a potential future, potential moneymaker, that you then actually go to school and learn how to code. This I kind of says is that people go to school, do something, and then after school, they discover their love of coding or the monetary rewards of coding. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't... So I have a suspicion that this is more... Um, people learn about development long before they would study software, software development at school. Like mm -hmm. software development at school, I would think, is something that would come along later, whereas people, you know, YouTube, mm. blogs, forums, you know, Maybe. young kids can find out about software development. I disagree. A lot earlier than you would see it happening at school, I would have thought. I mean, this is probably, this is probably regional, but uh, here in the Netherlands, I remember that kids kind of start doing small software tasks as part of a curriculum 
from the age of 12 to 14. Yeah, and but that's what I mean. Still younger than that, real doing real development. I think so. I mean, I didn't say real development. I mean, learning how to code, which mm. can be, you know, logo with a... Like you, uh, you get the friend of family here at the bottom, which is very low. Mm. Which would then, for the younger kids, let's assume people do parental controls and don't let kids just uh, play with YouTube as, at their leisure. I would expect that this one would be a little higher than... Well, well, we can go by age here. Yeah, exactly. If you go and click on age, like those under 18, 80, basically 85% of, of people learned how to code through online resources, which is kind of what I'm saying. I just think it, yeah. it comes earlier. Yeah, and still, even at eighteen twenty-four, it's still. I mean, school then bumps up, of course, because now you're in the yeah. more uh, advanced uh, education side uh, things. Well, you, you're also at the time where you know those people that are, um, you know, that if we go all the way down to those that are, you know, sixty-five years or older, or even fifty-five to sixty-four, or forty-five to fifty-four, <laughs> you know, the majority for them, it's it's books and physical media. That's how they learned to learn to develop um, yeah but then i understand because in school it was hard to do because the the, the course didn't exist so you kind of had to do it by yourself internet didn't exist either so books and libraries were kind of the only place you could find this stuff i mean i remember buying going to a bookstore and buying a whole stack of o'reilly books in those days to to learn how to code c plus plus and c sharp oh c sharp was more recent but if you if you look at the forty five to fifty four years of age, mm -hmm. online resources and school, i.e., university, college, etc., that's the point where they are very close. Sixty one percent versus sixty. That's overlapping, of course, right? It doesn't mean that. Uh, I mean, you can't have sixty percent doing only online and sixty percent only Correct. in school. So Correct. people are doing both, Correct. and this kind of makes sense because if you're in school doing stuff. Obviously, if it's, if you're at least a bit interested, you'll be looking online as well. So mm. it, it, online should never be lower than school. I admit that. And uh, but it is. Mm -hmm. It is. If you go further down, online is lower. Yeah, but that's because there was no internet. If you go exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like if you go, but if you go further up, online grows significantly higher. I, anyway, I think I think this is. It is interesting. But it is thoroughly not surprising, at least to me. Okay. Another one that I, I kind of looked at was the on-the-job training. Under the under 18-year-olds, yeah, on-the-job under mm. training is very low because they typically don't have jobs that involve coding. Uh, if you go to the 20, 18, 24-year-olds, on-the-job training is 28% of people can get that, which would make sense. Beyond that age, though, it's <laughs> roughly static. It's roughly, you know, 40, was it 45, 45, 47, 50, 53, 53? Yeah. That's basically what I've tried to say here, that on the job training, well, for, for junior positions, people get to be taught on the job because basically mm. that's what junior positions get. But there is no investment further on, or, or no, no increased investment further on to make people even better, apparently. Mm. Hackathons. Let's see, even for the 65 years and older, they already did hackathons in those days. <laughs> I think it's been weird to learn how to code through a hackathon. That's a bad hackathon. 
Uh, again, like you can check more than one box. Yeah, but you can't learn to code in a hackathon. You should know how to code before you join a hackathon, because a hackathon's the idea is that you know how to code and we're going to build something cool with our coding skills. But again, it's like I, I think you can learn stuff. Like you may understand the the basics, but you may learn something mm, new through a hackathon by and stuff. working okay. with stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, cloud. I know you don't. Cloud I know you don't like it when I'm right. Oh, I hate it when you're right. <laughs> it's a whole, it's just spoils my whole day. But no, I mean for for cloud, for example, I can ex accept because the cloud uh, providers they've built they've done these hackathons to make people aware of cloud cloudy stuffs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess then yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. All right. So let's let's look at the the advert next, which is uh, online resources to learn how to code. <laughs> the uh, there's a reason is... they make this, <laughs> but they're still below technical documentation. Yeah, and that, I mean that's the, the the books, the PDFs you get with your software thing you bought, right? Well, the uh, more likely the <laughs> online technical <laughs> documentation, I would think. And again, it's like doing both. And I, I, can, I can make sense of that. It actually makes sense because Stack Overflow is a good thing to just... Well, I use Stack Overflow mostly to find pointers. I'm trying to do something. People must have done this before. How did other mm. people look at this? What failed? What questions come up? So I can learn, okay, apparently that's a bad way of doing it. So I get some pointers from it, but it doesn't really tell me how to do it. Well, maybe they give me a piece of code to tell me how to do it, but I don't understand how it works at that point. And then you go back to the online documentation of the language, the, the, the software product, whatever you're using, <clears throat> to actually use the stuff you found on Stack to build something then. Now, that could kind of make sense, because, I mean, tech documentation should be more comprehensive, more end-to-end, -end, have less holes. So I guess that is a, yeah, all will remain a, a, a firm knowledge base to, to learn from, I guess. Dave is nodding for people who are not looking at YouTube. Indeed, that's why you should. That's why you should watch us on YouTube, so you can see me silently nodding. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Like a bobblehead. <laughs> Other weird things on here. Um, online forums, yeah, that kind of doesn't exist anymore, does it? Online forums. Certification videos. Oh my God! Look at that programming games. That's where you are. Only 13% learned that way. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> what they mean, but yeah. And only 7.21% of people learn to code through podcasts. Oh, well, they definitely won't learn any coding from this podcast. Yeah, I think it would be a bad idea to learn coding from podcasts because you do a lot of rewinding. Okay, what did you say? Line 25 was <laughs> <laughs> how many tabs? I'm doing, I'm doing Python here. <laughs> tabs or spaces. Oh no, put it wrong. <laughs> Anyway, uh, online platforms, maybe a quick uh, look at that. I was kind of surprised here. Sure, Udemy is still up and ahead of, above everybody because they are kind of popular. Coursera, also still popular. All, most of the other ones I don't really know except EDX, which was always my favorite, to be honest. Now EDX tried to corner the market by being a conglomerate of American, mostly uh, universities. Then they branched out and the big, I mean, Microsoft, Google and all of them, they also put stuff on EDX. So there was a lot of money involved there, but apparently they still lack uh, popularity. Mm -hmm. I know that you have more experience with Demi than me. 
Yeah, I've I've used Udemy quite a bit. Uh, my current employer, we have a Udemy, Udemy for Business account, which gives us access to all pretty much all the Udemy content, you know, quote unquote for free. I mean, it's not free. Obviously, we're paying a, a subscription, but um, I've I've used a whole bunch of different, or looked at, I should say, a whole bunch of different course content on there um, for a variety of different kind of skills and some soft skills stuff, um, some technical skills stuff. I, I've i had quite a lot of sort of um, positive experiences with Udemy, but I also really dislike Udemy from a back-end platform perspective. I do not like creating content in Udemy. It's not a very user-friendly platform to use it. And again, my, my mm. personal experience. So. Uh, for me, I went to ADX because that was, and now I'm talking like five years ago, that was the only one mm. that had, uh, if you did an exam, a person corrected your exam. In the other ones, I was looking at Coursera then mostly, all of those were like, uh, okay, I do the test and then I get five tests from other people which I have to correct and give it a score on. So it was more of a crowdsourced Mm, test crowdsourced, yeah. scoring and that that kind of felt wrong because when I spend time invest time doing this and basically I learned my spark skills there at the EDX and yeah having at least some idea that the, the test that got corrected was corrected correctly let's call that English um, that was important for me and also EDX you, you could actually pay for a real certificate of completion plus okay you did the exam and the exam was tested by in my case Berkeley University which I think has more standing than a Coursera course where you got crowd scored if that's a new word there I have no idea if that's, if that's still the case because now EDX kind of branched out and probably also has some crowd scoring these days I was still I mean, I don't actually know a lot of people that use these things. I use this was to be, used to be more popular in the past than these days. I think. I, I don't know. I it's don't. Not, I don't know enough people in this space to. Uh, to to know. Although, although having said that, yes. So the survey covered, uh, I think, seventy eight thousand. Uh, respondees uh, and only 29,000 yeah. people responded that they'd used online course platforms so I think that that in itself tells you something yeah, it's yeah. it's less than uh, it's just yeah. I can't remember having a discussion about this five 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 years ago this was like oh I'm, I'm trying to learn something where should I go and all these things popped up and I do this and I do that now that doesn't really come up anymore there's, there's so much on YouTube now there's so much on online books and things like that. I mean, what I'm missing in this list is uh, LinkedIn Learning, which has on a huge mm. portion marketing. Can't say I use it myself, yeah. so I can't really give an opinion on yeah, it, but it's one yeah, of, yeah. it's a big name that it's missing in the list, I think. And if Skillsoft has 1.88%, I would kind of expect LinkedIn Learning to be a bit higher than that because a lot of companies kind of give it for free to their, their, to their employees, I have mm. been told. And it's actually the only one that comes up in conversation, to be honest. But those aren't real tech courses or, or less tech courses. Yeah. Well, anyway. Well, I think we have probably run our course for this episode. 
If you say so, you are the boss master of this podcast, as always. And on that note, <laughs> that's definitely that all the time we have for today. <laughs> you can support this podcast by becoming one of our very favorite people. That's a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. You can see us on YouTube, see us scrolling through graphs. You can like, you can subscribe, you can comment, you can hit the notification bell and do all the YouTube things. You can also go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag. Send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. But until next time, my name is still world's worst developer, Dave. And my name is I learned coding through mail order, Jon. I look forward to talking <laughs> to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.